I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. So last week, we covered some signs and some dreams. dreams. And we briefly touched on ensuring we took care of ourselves and our mental health. So we want to focus this one a bit on some of the resources that are out there and some of the resources that we took advantage of, what worked, what didn't work for us, but just sharing sort of our thoughts about some of those. So it's a funny story that I have. I want to say it was pretty early on. My husband and I were living in LA and we were taking a walk down the beach and they had a pier and there's a couple businesses on the pier. And as I'm walking through with him through the businesses, there is a a little like portable something. It doesn't look like it's a, a building, a secure building that's like like permanently there. It just looks kind of like it's built temporarily. But on the outside of it was a hanging sign. It wasn't like um, permanently imprinted on the side of the wall or anything. And it said cancer support community. And I walked in not knowing what the fuck that was, but it was very relevant at the time because the baby had been recently diagnosed. So I walked in, I don't know if I walked in or I called first to see what it was and explored it a little bit because I wasn't familiar with the area. I think we just had moved and it was, I was so new to the area. And this particular facility was a lifesaver. And you guys can sort of share your experience, but basically what this place is, is it's a facility that you can go to to get free, 100% cost-free resources for your experience with cancer. Um, They have different groups. So they have like a breast cancer group. They have a pancreatic cancer group. They have very focused groups. And I'm not the one going through cancer. So it's very difficult for me to find a specific group where I can relate because I'm not the one with cancer. But they did have a specific support group that, like I said, saved my life. It was the caretakers group. And that caretakers group were for all the family members that are caretaking for those who are going through cancer or whatnot. Now, I'm not really that either, sort of, right? So it was really difficult for me to find the right group, but that was the right group for me that was offered at the time. So this group would meet weekly and it's a support group of all the people, like there were people in there whose spouses had cancer. There were people in there whose parents, whose siblings had cancer. Now these are all adults. So there were no kids in there. I was the only aunt. The things and the conversations that I had there, I would call mom immediately after and dump basically all the resources and all the information I learned from this group. That was so important for me to do to keep sane through the cancer journey. Now, they would say constantly be in the present. The unknown is going to fuck you up. Like they don't say that, but like you worrying about the unknown is going to give you so much anxiety that you have no control over. And that was part of, I think, my struggle through this journey too, is I wanted so bad to control everything. I wanted so bad to cure her. I wanted so bad to make her feel better. And that's just wasn't like, it wasn't even an option. But although I wanted that, I just couldn't do it. But support groups for me, I think, have been beneficial. And, and that was pre her death, right? But this facility specifically gave me so many resources, helped me through that time, and then also helped me through my marriage. My marriage was being affected by this because I wanted nothing to do with 
a relationship and the problems that came with relationships, right? Mom's nodding her head. But it's like, I didn't have time to focus on my relationship because I was so focused on taking care of my sister and taking care of the baby. Mom, did you want to say something about that? Just basically, I think I said it last time, there wasn't a relationship that was not affected by this journey of battling cancer. My relationship with my husband was not the best because, of course, it's the same thing. It's you. Who has time for your spouse? I, I mean, I was and worrying time about that. their feelings. Like my right. feelings are more important right now, and right. I'm fucking struggling, and I can't do this. Right? Yeah. So it was very well, yeah. hard. You to, can't even manage your own. How do you manage anything? Exactly. Yeah. That? Exactly. And the and the most important thing was making sure that the baby was okay and that his her brother was okay and that Jess was okay. And to be honest with you, I think the most supportive thing that could come out of my husband's mouth all the time was, you know, take care of what you have to do. I, I get you. you. Just just go. Just go. I'll take That's care of whatever's awesome. going on. He at home. recognized that really, yeah. like. He's putting his things aside to right. make sure that you needed to do what you needed yeah, to do. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't hardships. I just wasn't there to help get through it because yeah. I wasn't there presently. I, my presence had everything to do with what's what's the next thing I have to do, what what else needs to be done. You know, a lot of that, If and I don't know if Jess mentioned part of that too, was keeping, you know, her brother in school, keeping up with the classes, keeping up... You know, he had Homework projects. And, yeah, he yeah. had he had a some still some sense of normalcy. Yeah, we were trying to him. do that for yeah. him. One of the projects that he had was the what is it? The Mission In. Everybody has a Mission In project. Well, he had a Mission In in the middle of all this mission cool. project, not a Mission In project. Not a Mission In. <laughs> not oh a yeah, mission a Mission project. <laughs> so it's trying to get that done and trying to get that done in the middle of trying to you know keep present to make sure that that Jess was being taken care of too and driving back and forth to the hospitals and making sure he got just the normal homework done that was that was a feat in itself but then trying to do the mission and you can't do the pre-cut missions that you can buy but we did that (laughs) (laughs) because I had no choice it's it was it's due like this weekend or it's due by Monday and we have a weekend left And so that's all we did. He and I, we worked on just that. But it's that kind of things that, you know, who has time for a relationship that isn't, you know, focused around, you know, my grandchildren. It just, it it wasn't, there wasn't enough time in the day. At the end of the day, I was done. Because no matter what happens, you're also dealing with feelings of a child who feels abandoned by his parents who are now focused on the other child. Mm. Because that's, what was happening with her son is his fears were, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me now? Did he say that to you? Uh-huh. Oh. What's going to happen to me? What, 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 what do you mean? And he goes, if something happens to my parents, because he's not seeing them every day anymore. Yeah. If something happens to them, what happens to me? Well, you're here. I'm not going to let you go anywhere. Right. But right. your auntie would take you in. Your other grandparents would take you in, although we wouldn't be too happy about I that. I would. I would, buddy. I would. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? Those yeah. fears were real, and I had to make sure that he felt like he's the most important person in the world right now to me. And I know for a fact that I failed. I did the best that I could, but my fears were always with Jess and the baby. It was always that. I'm trying to do my best to just focus on him at the moment. And I would do everything that he wanted. If he was hungry, let's go eat. I mean, I'm sure 
Jess wouldn't like all the stuff that he would eat, but I she wanted didn't. to make sure. You just didn't I'm tell sure. her. <laughs> I'm sure. But I did everything I could to make him feel like he's the most important thing. But I know I was like, you know, my mind would just go someplace else all the time. Yeah, and and you're sort of feeding into this caretaker role, right? Mm -hmm. So although Jess is a caretaker, she's mom. Mm -hmm. I'm an aunt. I'm trying to take care of Jess and the kids. I'm also trying to take care of you. We're also trying to take care of her brother, right? So it sort of just like ripples out uh, to this caretaker role. mm -hmm. Your husband's trying to take care of you. You're in some aspect, trying to take care of him as well, while mm-hmm. also trying to focus on these other things. So this particular support group, I think, was very relevant to what we were going through. And mm-hmm. although it wasn't the same experience, again, I was the only aunt in there. Completely weird. <laughs> but um, I was the only aunt in there. But they they spoke the same language. They would talk about different medications. They would talk about the treatments, the cycles, whatever, the emotions involved, the fears, the... All that they would talk about, and all of that's the same. Although our journeys are very different, that part of the journey, the cancer journey, was still very relevant. Yes, to what we were going through. So it was important for me because I know that this particular group wasn't readily available to you guys. I don't think there's a location close no, to you guys. There, there wasn't because I looked into it. You were telling yeah. me you were coming back with all all these things that were beneficial. And I thought, we need to go. Yeah. I need you to go. Need I need to, to find a place. Uh-huh. And I could not find anything close by. Yeah. And what was close by wasn't, I, I don't even know if there was one close by. I really, I don't think there was. I think the closest one was the one that you were going to. But that was too far away to try to make it a. Take advantage of. A, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems of the whole pediatric cancer journey is that you realize there's so many other families going through it, but it's such an isolated, separate thing. It you is. know what I mean? Because it's uh-huh. not like your neighbor's going through it and the neighbor beside them are going through it too. It's like a lot of families, but they're so spaced out, yeah. you know? And for me, even like, I feel like it would have been definitely beneficial for us to also have a group to go to but at the same time trying to pull myself away from my daughter or my son I was clearly already failing one of them because of everything that was going on either you know I was dropping Mm -hmm. the ball with my son I was dropping the ball with you know my daughter there was just not enough time there wasn't to take Mm -mm. care of everything that needed to be taken care of and on top of that of your relationship there just wasn't time for any of that that was like the on the back burner and they had to understand. Yeah. I think you guys made some connections, though, in, like, the hospital when you would have, like, chemo treatments in the waiting room well, and their that other that parents. Was our, yeah, that was yeah. our grief group because that was our time to see Your support group because at the time, well, it could be grief at that time, too, having to the pre- go through. It was a struggle group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great name for yeah. it. But yeah, we were all going through the same struggle and, you know, meeting up and you would start to see familiar faces and, you know, it would be even harder when you know that you were seeing somebody familiar and then suddenly they weren't there. That's that's the one thing that's the one thing that I, I heard somebody say too when we were there getting treatment, they would go, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this person in a while. And I'm sure they did it with, yes, and I'm sure they did it with when mm-hmm. the baby was gone too. I'm sure they said it. And we saw one of them, they did um, St. Baldrick's where they shaved the heads. Mm-hmm. And we saw one of the girls there, I don't know if you remember, and she came up and said, I knew, I knew something had happened because we didn't see you guys. Oh. And, and, and so what's sorry. interesting is yeah. like, I guess you don't think that far, you know, but it had been what, like, like a year or two, three mm-hmm. since she had passed. Yeah. And so then seeing, you know, some of the familiar faces that we haven't seen at the hospital for a while and then sort of having that acknowledgement of, oh my gosh, they didn't even know. 
Yeah, you know? they didn't know because they couldn't tell because of the HIPAA laws. They couldn't right. You can't tell come in and go, patients, "Hey, by the way, so this and so is what passed happened. away this yeah. weekend." Yeah. you know, just so yeah. everybody knows, it's yeah. I don't know. And that would happen with the support group that I was at too. Like there would just be people that you wouldn't see because they transitioned into the bereavement group. Oh. But they would let us know, you know, hey, this person so and so won't be joining us any longer or whatever. They they said it. That that place is so awesome. They would always say it in the most gentle way, like, "Hey, we in." Something along the lines of we still invite them to come, but we definitely want them to be in this group that they can and most relate group. to. Yeah. yeah. And and they didn't say you can't come to this. It just it's hard. It's it's almost like because they said I'm sure they said it to me, too. Like you you're more than welcome to come back to this particular group. But it's almost like you wish you were in that group still, because yeah. that means you're still in the fight. You're still going to battle. Exactly. So now that you've. In this other group, they call it like the bereavement transition group because you're now in a new group of people. You're this new club of, you know. And even that we is tried like, yeah, and even that's the club that no one wants because to you're building to. relationships. Yes. 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 And I'm still groups. connected to some people from these groups that I've met. And it's and it's so heartbreaking because now we're, we would both be if I were still going and I could still go. But if I were still going and I, I'm going to talk about that, why I don't go anymore. But if we were still going, we would still be you know, close and talk about our, our journey together. And But COVID, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, can't really. So for us, I think it all started with, we were still trying to follow Jess. So I was still, you know, she went for, for group counseling. And I, I could swear the first one that you went to was Compassionate Friends. You're and, saying afterward? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. After she passed? Before we were going to just... You probably did individual counseling is what you're talking yes, about. Yes, individual but we, counseling. they also yeah. offered us through that hospital a but bereavement after. group. Yeah, yeah, but after, not mm-hmm. not during. Yeah. So you were going before... Yes. And I don't. And we weren't going, I don't think, before except for the personal ones yes. that we were going. Yes. Yeah, yes. so we were doing that. But afterwards, she's the one that was finding Jess? the groups. Yeah. yeah. Jess was finding them first, and then you went by yourself, and then you said... Yeah, it's okay for you guys to come too if you want. And so there were times that I would go. Sometimes my sister went. Didn't my sister go? Yeah. Wait, which time, which group are we talking about? We've After. been to several. Yeah. yeah. So let's so, preface this that we have been to a few groups. You to have see to keep if, going. You have to go to some to place. Connect. Yeah. You like just like that makes you feel comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, because there's so many different kinds of groups that you can find. Yes. There's groups of just parents who lost kids, and it yes. could be kids anywhere from zero to 65 yes. and it could be from yes. anything yes. from a car crash to suicide cancer. Yes. to cancer yeah uh-huh. it was and hard so, to connect with some of some of them yes uh-huh. yeah and so it's definitely different dynamics depending 100%. on where you go yes. so you have but to kind of find and but it still helped first. i think the the yeah. moderator for one of them <laughs> for one of them we went to a couple of compassion and friends because we were still you know like shopping we were still looking for the right one and there was one moderator that I thought, oh my gosh, this, she is awesome. And it doesn't matter what you lost your child from. She was awesome. The people that were in there that That's had good. lost children, though, they had different stories. Drugs. But she, she focused, yeah. Drugs. She fo- She didn't focus on basically what your child died from, but she focused on the feelings that you have because you're missing your child. And she's the one that introduced, that was the first time I saw where they introduced a uh, I don't even remember what it was, but she... It's like a little teddy bear. Like a little teddy bear. So nobody else can talk. What I think that helped because sometimes you're not done, but you're you're having a moment and then somebody thinks, oh, you're done. So you're just going to keep on talking like 
Like what we like doing? mom does. Yeah, like we're just yeah, like <laughs> can't stop her sometimes. <laughs> yeah, gotta interrupt her. Yeah, and so it's really so I loved that concept. I don't think I was part of that group for that concept, but that concept makes so much sense because you want to be respectful of their thoughts and their feelings. And I've been listening back to some of our conversations on these on this podcast, and I I feel like I asked Jessica a question, and then mom comes in with another thought immediately. <laughs> <laughs> So Maybe we should bring the bear into this room. <laughs> so let me explain <laughs> a little diamond. bit. In the beginning, I think when we were going through this, I still felt like I had to protect my daughter too. So when I would see that it was so difficult for her to say or for you to say that I felt like I had to take over so that you guys could be okay, I could do it. But I didn't want you guys to have to relive it. So I had to learn that that was basically helpful for you guys to voice it. And it wasn't a pause because you couldn't handle it. It was a pause because you guys needed to have a moment. a moment. Yep. Yeah. So let's go back to the support groups. So you mentioned compassionate friends. So compassionate friends is is a local one. I don't know if we we should have looked this up before we, you guys want to fact check a lot of what we're saying, but (laughs) it's for parents who have lost kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Very general, just no specific ailment, no. just uh-uh. general. Very general. Age. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you had briefly mentioned some of the experiences you had with that. Just what are your feelings about going to Compassionate Friends where it's a parent losing a child versus something more specific or similar circumstance? I would say at the time I didn't re- recognize like what the differences between the different grief groups. I think Compassionate Friends was one of the first ones that we had gone to. But in comparison now, looking back, I definitely feel a lot more connected when I'm in the presence of other families who have lost children to cancer. Even and that's though, so even hard right now because it's COVID and you can't right. do that. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and, and not only that, but just in the whole mental health front and uh, financial capacity for institutions to be able to fund things in that manner, right. it's hard to come by. So finding something that's consistent, that's long-term is difficult to find sometimes yeah I remember going to compassionate friends and not really connecting I don't think I went many times I went a few times and participated but it was kind of cheesy for me like I feel like at the beginning they were doing like activities but I don't think that was like constant it was just no it was what it was a look it doesn't take much for me to be turned off by something (laughs) so it was I'm sure something great but for me it was just like I'm an introvert so it's really difficult for me to want to like connect in that manner and like butterflies rainbows like I just uh, I'm this I'm angry I want to say fucking shit and not be judged by it yeah they're they're okay with it they do zoom zoom meetings now because I get notified yeah I get notified still that's good I don't know that I need it anymore I guess that's the whole thing well let's talk about that because when I had moved back to LA after she had passed I went back to the bereavement group. I would struggle. I would. I was definitely in a mental space where I would struggle. And I wanted to recenter, refocus, get some support and some help. So I went back to the transition group and it was still like, I, I think mm-hmm. I went maybe like a couple months and they would do it once a week. I want to say I went like three months, but I got to a point where it was difficult for me to one, connect but to also not relive and go backwards. It would be triggering for me and I would take a step back versus progressing forward. So I recognized that pretty early and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to 
I don't think I'm going to come back anymore. So that was sort of what influenced me not coming back. Why, mm -hmm. why did you not go to Compassionate Friends anymore? For me, it had a lot to do with the connection part also. Mm -hmm. I couldn't connect with some of the people. There was one other person, I think, at the very end. I don't. Your sister wasn't going and I was going sometimes with my husband. And I couldn't handle the other people coming up and because you would tell your story so mm -hmm. they would come up and just I'm I'm so sorry I I thought mine was bad but it, yours was worse and you know what I don't want to hear that so I know mine's worse like you don't have to tell me <laughs> I know but it's like oh well I feel better because you know I didn't get what you had and I'm like as some of the people that we were coming across were totally helpless and I didn't want to get sucked into that That's they needed I mean. rides they needed you know they were like, can somebody help me? Can, and I'm like, you, I can barely help myself. Ma'am, yeah, yeah, I can barely help myself. And it wasn't that you, like, didn't want to help them. I went there because I feel lost. I went there because I needed to hear that I wasn't alone. I think hearing it, the way that it comes across, it almost sounds a little bit, bit like, judgy it is but super judgy <laughs> it is super judgy i know but that's not what i was for but, i couldn't I mean, help it almost, anybody else it, it almost sounds like what you're trying to say is you were going over there to look for someone who could help you to see that there was something better and to go amongst people that were just as lost or you know couldn't really help you to see that there was something better was almost like i don't want to see that i don't want to see that everybody else is struggling too and there's nobody here that's like no. hey i figured it out follow no, me you it's, know? it's not that part is i didn't want to be used i was in a really bad place and i didn't want somebody to like i you think know what i need to write every, let every me, day let me clear the air you guys with i think this topic i don't think it had to do with either of those you trying to explain in my opinion i think it's everyone is trying to go there to get help from the professional there that's facilitating to help them through their grief the people that are looking to you to help them was not an option because you yourself are looking for help yeah so they're basically going to the wrong person and thinking that we or anybody else there that's just a participant could offer some help. I don't know what was the best approach because they are not in a place to help anybody else. First of all, they're there for help themselves. Well, and I think even us coming into it, I think our mindset was kind of like somebody has a solution. Yes. We're going to go find it, you know, mm -hmm. and everywhere we were showing up was like, we're here to, you know, help you but we don't there's nothing that's gonna we don't have the answer right? yeah. Yeah. yeah and that was yeah. sort of disappointing in itself yeah so one of the groups that i went to so whatever it is that she was going through but she lost her son she lost her grandson she lost her son because it could have been her son's fault i'm like i'm out i'm out i can't do this and it's and it's not judgy it's it's recognizing that this isn't something you're connecting to and right. you don't find beneficial you. exactly right. so it's and that not took over everything that, that took over. I think that was the focus of that group. And that's okay. And I'm hopeful that that person who lost her son and grandson found some level of resolution or some benefit to going. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just wasn't the space for us. And I've said this before with mental health, and I think on that episode prior to talking about mental health, is sometimes you have to cycle through a couple things yes, to find what works for you. And clearly this wasn't one that worked for you. Right. But I think it's there's a compassionate friends like almost I don't think there was one in our city, but there was there's one different chapters. In a, it's different yeah. chapters, so okay. different cities. So we were able to go to another one in a different city. Okay. And each and so, one, even though it's all compassionate friends, has it was a different, very different dynamic. Yeah, because yeah. it has a different moderator. The moderator, the And different experiences yes. for the people that come, the participants, they'll have different stories. Uh -huh. The moderator that I that I really think did a really good job, she had a degree in psychology. 
the one that we were going to before did not. She just had the experience of losing a stepson. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I've, I've heard of those too, where some of the groups are, the facilitators are just um, those that have experienced it, mm-hmm. which in the movie Collateral Beauty, the mom was, and it didn't, it didn't go into it, whether or not she had an educational background about it, but right. in her, she was leading the support group of it, what mm-hmm. sounded like parents losing kids yes anyway we're not going to go into how they should be operating but but it is it is more it was for us to be honest i think we're more education oriented it helped to hear the facilitator was more knowledgeable yeah and it was it resonated more for us that there was more information that we could intake and understand the whys instead of just dealing with the emotional stuff because emotional stuff i know that happens everywhere and most people can just deal with that part that's all they want to deal with but there's the rest of us, I think, that need to know the dynamics, the how, why does it work this way? And to be honest with you, when I first went there, I wanted them to tell me in 365 days, you're going to feel like this. In mm. one year's time, you're going to, because when my dad passed, that's what I was getting from the counselors that I went to talking to no. the people. Yes, yes. In about a year, you're going to start feeling that it's going to be, it's not overwhelming anymore. You're going to start being able I to have sleep a hard more. Time For that. my Do dad. Do you believe that, Jess? For my dad. <laughs> you told her that? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure mom asked for a timeline. I'm sure they gave her what I wanted to know. And when it, yes. And when we went to the Compassion of Friends. She's they very matter said, of fact, right? Yes. And we went to Compassion of Friends. It was totally the opposite. There's none. When you lose a child, there is no timeline. It never goes away. When it's a grandparent, when it's a parent that's elderly, not a brand new, like you're, you have a 23-year-old mom and you're only two years old and you lost your mom, that's different. My dad was 74 when he passed. And that's the, what is it? The circle of life. It's, that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was okay. I thought about him all the time. And then it was like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't think about him yesterday, you know, but I'm thinking about him today. And then it was, oh my gosh, it's his birthday. Now it's the day that he passed. And that's all I think about him now. And I mean, it's not that I don't think about him. It wasn't as traumatic. It, it wasn't as traumatic. So it doesn't and, have the long and lasting effect. Right. It was and an accepted father, reality yes. of how life works. Yes. yes. It's still part of the way it works. And he died of a heart attack in his sleep. So there was no suffering that I saw. There was just the normalcy of an elderly person. And to be honest with you, I don't think 74 is even old enough. I mean, sure. I mean, I don't want to be a burden to my kids, but... No, I understand. And, and that was most of the challenges with some of these groups is mm-hmm. you're not in a space that feels comfortable. You're not in a space that feels right for you to move forward because you're not finding that connection. But it's and, important to know that that's a part of the process yes. and not like, oh, you shouldn't go to group because you didn't right. connect with the first one that you right. went to. Right. 100%. So we did find one that was really great. It was a 13-week program. Would you guys agree that that one was that really one. great? I love that one. Why do you love it? Why? I mean, I feel like there was... Multiple elements that were helpful. I felt like there was a start and an end, you know, so you kind of knew what you were getting it into. It was a program. And, so back uh-huh. up. It was, was facilitated by the oncology-specific 
facility mm-hmm. and they put on a bereavement like program. So it was a 13 mm-hmm. week program and each week went through a chapter of a book. I think it's called, I have it written down here. Understanding Your Grief by Alan Wolfelt. I think we will talk specifically about that book. But if there's a workbook and there's a working book, like one you read and then a workbook that coincides with each chapter. And so we went through that book week by week and talked through the different elements of the grief process, but specifically with people that dealt with losing that relationship, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, to cancer and we they were separated like, the group they did yeah. separate the group so based on who your loved one that passed based on who they were in your relationship to that person you were put into a group of other people with the same relationship but that's part of the what was amazing about that group was that because they were catering to different you know i guess populations within the oncology grief whatever groups, yeah. yeah we were able to go there together And it included, you know, my son, who was a kid, you Mm -hmm. know, it included me, who was, you know, a mom of somebody, it included you, it included... So what's funny about that, too, is they didn't really have a group for mom and I. (laughs) (laughs) So they they put us in your group because they didn't know what to do with us. Because we said this early on. Yeah, Yeah. we're like, you can't really separate us. We support each other throughout this entire thing but I thought it was funny that they were like okay you guys can join this one too (laughs) but that group was for what loss of a child yeah it was loss of a child Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and the girls that facilitated it was two at first and then went to one or was was two the whole time it was two I think when there was one it was because one of them them had something going on But those but I think it was awesome. most awesome because they were able to include kids as well. And that's really hard to come by. I mean, I've searched through different like camps and stuff like that. And finding something local that would also include kids was really hard to come by. So, you know, my son was able to attend and his cousin was able to attend. And We it- made it a road trip every Yeah. So week. they were having... Each group was in a different classroom, and so his group was on at the same time our group is. It was just so easy. They so had he dinner was right in. before. Yes. And age-specific, mm-hmm. age-specific activities yeah. and... Loved it. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. What did he, your son say about his experience? Did he talk to you about that at all? You know, I can't say that he shared very much, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know that it was time that he was able to spend with family. Mm. And so it was a bonus, you know. The group that he was in was basically um, was supposed to be siblings. But then it turned into, because they didn't have enough, they turned into children that lost a family member. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a child there that was sharing their loss of a mom. Mm-hmm. And he shared afterwards, I thought this was the worst thing possible to lose my sister, but I don't know where I would be if I would have lost my mom to cancer. And mm. I thought, oh my gosh. But it brings some things into perspective perspective yeah. for the kids. Like, you know, it's not just people that have lost like their brother or sister. It's people that have lost their parents, people that have lost their grandparents. And, and everyone has something specific because to be honest with you, there's a lot of kids that are being raised by their grandparents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But this one I think I could relate to the most. I had connected with people in there the most. Man, there was someone in particular that I hope will join us one day if I can figure out the technology who will share her experience. And I, and I want to have guests on later once we get through this and I figure out the technology how to do this. I connected with her so much. She understood the pain. 
She understood the anger and she got it. She just got me. And I loved, I loved to finally find somebody that got me besides my mom. Cause I thought like maybe we were just feeding off of each other. And it was like, <laughs> I wasn't really getting validation that the, you know, like from an external source that this was normal, but you know, like for me, just connecting with this person was, I text her still and I miss her and I miss that connection and I hope to connect with her soon. But she was, she just got it. Like, and, and that's so important to be in a group of people that just get it. Like, and Without you had words. mentioned- yeah. Without you having to explain Exactly. It. And what mom, you know, to mom's point earlier, the people that have different lost scenarios of the suicides, of the drugs, of accidents, you don't have that people that get the added layer of oncology cancer, right? So right. that group was amazing. Well, and I so, think some of the things that I loved about it was that like we could come and we could share songs that we connected yes. to. I think that, that was, was amazing. What, I think yeah. that was that like in the beginning of the... I want to say it was like midway. Yeah, but we could bring songs no, that were meaningful. I, I think, think it was all the, the beginning of every the, the beginning, beginning of every session. session you could, could share. Yeah, it was like you you could share a song that you wanted to that helped you remember a, your loved one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she would say like, "Does anybody have a song to share?" Yeah. or Whatever, and then yeah. we would somebody would go yeah. pick me because it definitely expanded my song base. You know, yeah. there, was, <laughs> there were songs that I just felt like you know I really connected with my daughter, and when they would bring other songs, and I was like, "Oh, I like that song too," and you know, just find it, just find more than what yeah. I had on I think my there own. Weren't people that were sharing like poems or mm, you could share or a picture or mm-hmm. something you could share something if you brought something that day that you oh yeah share. they they have you bring a picture too is it to everyone or just to one they they, they have you bring something I think it was to everyone yeah you yeah. could bring a picture you could bring it like an item and just tell the story behind it yeah yeah, yeah. tell them why it was meaningful oh and it was so beautiful to just listen to the other stories and mm-hmm. just like remember and yes. to be in a safe space to do that you know and part of it is again to mom's point of other people's losses is that you can still connect through others in their journey in this particular group that you wouldn't be able to in the other one like Mm -hmm. it was it's I can't explain it mom even said this herself she can't explain it but there's something about that same cancer journey and the same grief journey subsequently that that you don't find everywhere and which makes it so hard and so challenging to find the appropriate group for you for me also so many times I sat here and felt like I'm not doing enough Uh, I failed to, you know, help with whatever's going on. And I saw other people were doing it by themselves. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. And I got a lot of feedback of like, oh, thank God you were there for her. You know, you guys are an amazing family. That's so family. funny. Yeah, yeah, they said that to us, I think in a, a few groups, like, uh, we've never had like three people come for one story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was usually, and if it was, it was like a parent, like a, a mother, father for a kid. It wasn't... The, the generational grandma, mom, and then aunt. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't. We're just weird. But yeah. It's a lot for our family, though. And, and I think if we could have, we would have filled that place up with 15 people. But 100%. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that I can say is like, I don't want you to feel like you're alone. I know that sometimes it's hard because you feel like you're dealing with it by yourself, but you're not the only person going through it. When we were there, it that solidified that yeah. because we saw everything else that everybody else was going through. We just had the benefit of being able to help Jess. I kind of wanted to ask you guys, you know, what is it that helped you guys most from that grief group? I think 
me, I wanted to definitely mention, I don't know if you guys remember that day that we did write the letters to your loved to one. To each other or to, to the loved, loved one? one? I don't remember that. I remember writing letters, a letter to you. Did I write a letter to you too? I think, I think we that's wrote what letters we were doing. to each we were other. Tr- we wrote letters to each other. Mm, I remember writing to Her? my princess. Yeah. You don't remember that? I think I actually still have the, let me go see. Hang on. What is she doing? <laughs> She's going to go find her letter. I think I oh. still have it. Because we wrote it on like, wasn't it like rainbow paper? Did we? You know what we did, I think, (laughs) is we had to make a poster board that represented our loved one. I remember doing something like that. Like we had to get pictures out of things. Magazines. Yeah. Cut them up and put it on. Yeah. I don't remember what that assignment was though. But I remember working on a poster board. Yeah. I think we did that. But we did the letters to each other. I remember that. I have Jess's letter. Yeah. Did you write me a letter? Yeah. I might have your letter too. <laughs> Wherever hers is is where yours is probably. <laughs> yeah. I know I have it somewhere too. If oh. You, have it. you remember? I sort of. I so that. I thought it was that thing that we did like a poster board. We did a poster board too. And we had to like put picture. Like, and a letter. Is that what it was? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. We cut them up. But I found this one to be really helpful. And if you guys don't even remember, then it was clearly not very helpful. No, no. <laughs> I think it was. It was a it lot. Was okay. I, there was, it was great. I'm sure I kept it all somewhere. So but to me, you and I, we can't compare to the relationship she had with her daughter. No. So. It makes sense that this would be more emotional and more connecting to you. Well, I only mention it because I feel like for anybody who's listening, besides us. (laughs) (laughs) We do have one listener. Hi, Kelly. (laughs) I feel like doing this process, even though it was hard and it was emotionally difficult, it was still another way to connect. And even though I felt like... You know, I was talking to her every day and saying things to her every day. Putting it down and taking that time to just write it out, just, I don't know, it it helped. doesn't fix anything, doesn't make it so that I'm over it or so that I'm better, but it just Do you want to read it? Helped. Do you guys want to hear it? (gasps) I think think you've heard it before. Uh, Give me the tissues. She had to... Give me a tissue. She had to say it in class, so I'm I'm sure sure we heard it. But I, you, I, I swear you guys had to write one too. Just read it. Yeah, we did, but I think ours was more. We'll find like, ours if I we still you, have it. I'm I sure we do, you. but yeah. I have boxes, so go read it. Read okay. It. So it says, Dear Beautiful, I miss you. I love you. I hope that you can hear me every day when I talk to you. I think of you every day, and there are so many things that I see during the day that remind me of all the things that I love about you. Every time I see the clock and it says 23, I think of you. When I go for a jog near Grandma's house, I go to the little trail and count the bunnies for you. Last time, when I was jogging, there were two bunnies, and they were not scared of me. They did not run away when I ran by. They just watched me. Did you see them? I've been trying to go see the sunrise and sunsets outside because their beauty reminds me of you. I wish we would have done that more before you passed. But oftentimes, I feel a smidgen of peace when I see a sunrise or sunset with the thought that you are right there with me. I just want you to know that I love you and miss you so much. Thank you for being my daughter. And I spelled it D-O-T-E-R because that's how she would write daughter. (laughs) I put, you are my best daughter. Love you always, Mom. Uh, <laughs> it's 
probably why I forgot about those. It <laughs> sends me into an emotional whirlwind. Ugh. <laughs> so beautiful. No, but it was, it ha- It just helps. I, don't, I, I guess I can't really explain how it helps, but it just taking that time makes you. And that like, was part of that group, right? Uh-huh. That was in that group. Uh-huh. They the just, they did everything right. Yeah. Like the oncology yeah. specific one did everything right because there are there are different um, books out there that talk about grief and make it more of like a process and while it is a process they make it very like like standard and grief isn't standard it's saying everyone's going to grief like the same way of grief, exactly yeah. like your denial it, anger this and that. they have it like specific you feel this first then you feel that first and then yeah and I don't so know. Long, if, I don't know if I not, entirely agree is. with that. And I no, think what this group did was sort of debunk that a little bit yes. and, and say like, while these feelings and these phases might be true, you're also going to experience these in different ways at different times. And I think what this book has said that you know you would tra- quote unquote traditionally go through. And so what I respected most about this group was that they acknowledged that it was unique to you very different to others grief but honor your grief own your grief recognize what things mean you know how you get through things anniversaries birthdays how you can best take care of you that group was just amazing there was something very special about that group and obviously these letters and i remember writing these letters to you guys and i think i have that one too I don't know if you should read that one, but I remember writing that one to you like you're the the Elsa to me, Anna. (laughs) Just an unbreakable sisterly bond. And I don't know. So there are other groups. There's a Facebook group that's called Helping Parents Heal. The only thing I can suggest is you just need to look and you can look. Just there about are resources like, out there, especially you know? on the internet right now. So, so think about it. And with the ease of access to everything yeah. with else, COVID, uh huh. You don't necessarily need to be in person to take advantage of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought there would have been a podcast about grieving a child because of cancer? You're the only one right now. I right? don't know that. Uh. I just the only one that I found <laughs> that's willing so to do this. Right, but I guess that what I'm trying to say is there's things out there just look. So you can listen to them, take what you can out of it that's going to help you. Helping Parents Heal actually has a list of people that they deal with as far as being, you know, mediums. There's some people that, you know, because of course you could take advantage of anybody and especially when you're grieving and these people have a, a list that you can go to. I think I only did one person on that list because I think for me it was better to get a personal opinion from somebody that has already experienced with some a, a medium and they found that they you know, had a gift. So you just have to look. It's just look in different places. It's their church. My sister was actually a part of a church group. It's a Catholic church group, but they had a grief group and they had people there that had lost children, but also lost their husbands and anything Spouses, else. Yeah. Siblings. Parents. Siblings. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's okay. Grief is grief. And some people found solace in it because they were based on their religion. So look in your, your religious groups. There's also, gosh, what, what kind of group do you have? Like right close to your house It's like a spiritual center. Spiritual center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they have. It's not a church, or... but it's, it's sort of like a church where like, yeah. it's just those that are more connected in the, to the spiritual yeah. world. It's out there. You just yeah. have to search for it. You have to know what to look for. And like I said, when you're ready, Facebook, you when don't you're have ready, yeah. you can't, when, you, you, you're not you, ready yeah. and don't, but. And along those same lines too, I think just my own personal experience, you start to realize that like, even though you go to these places and it may not be an exact 
fit for what it is that you're looking for, because that's really rare to find. Yeah. That there's a little something that you can pull away from no matter where it is that you go. Right. Even if it was something that you're like, nope, I don't like this at all. You at least recognize rec- that's not that's for not you. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't mm-hmm. work for me. And yeah. everywhere you go, it's going to be a it's little a bit of something. It's a learning opportunity. Can, yeah. There's a little bit of something that you can pull away. There's a little, maybe just one thing that'll help you that you're like, okay, I can take that and work with that. And the rest right. of it, I can smash. You know? yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do want to wrap this one up though and talk about both of your occupations and thank you both for you doing what you do. So mom is a first responder. Do you want to go into specifically what you do as a first so, responder? I'm actually the person that answers the 911 calls. So I'm a police dispatcher. So not only do I answer the 911 calls, but I also dispatch the officers. So I like that part of it because I'm very bossy and I like telling them where to go. But I I wanted to mention this specifically because I know that this experience has had a toll on you at work as well. You will have to deal with children potentially being injured and things like that and having to work through that right yes Yes. it's Um, very difficult to see I can share a story even before I had grandchildren I ended up picking a phone call where I heard a mom screaming when something had happened to her child and that night or that week that's what I was doing is I dreamt that you had gotten out of the yard and there was a car coming and I couldn't move fast enough to get you out of the way. And that's all I was doing was screaming. So that wasn't the call that I answered. But the that scream is something I will never, ever forget. Never. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that in reality, that's that's what happens when something happens to your child is you don't know what else to do but scream because you've feel like what else can you do in my dream I was at least moving but it's hard to deal with that on top of the fact come home and know that my daughter is dealing with the worst thing she's ever had to handle in her life yeah and I only bring that up because I wanted to recognize you and your efforts and not only ensuring your mental health for you but also being that cool calm person on the other line for somebody else who needs help. I appreciate that. And I always just wanted to say as emotional as I am right now talking about the baby, I am the coolest. <laughs> I don't want to say coolest. I am the <laughs> You already said no, it. I, I, I want to erase that part. I am the calmest person at my work. You can't, there is nothing that could throw me off. Inside, I'll be like, after this is all done, I have to get up and walk away. But I am the calmest voice you will hear on the other side. And I have heard a lot of people that have called in and said, thank goodness you're the one that's on the radio. Thank you for answering my phone call. I try not to be that emotional person at work. You know, it's very hard. Anything that has to do with a child is very hard anyway. But it's like anything that you're dealing with, anything that I've heard, is nothing compared to what I've had to go through. So, so you've, you've come out of this, I think, a better person to help others too. I do. And I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit more empathetic now. Mm. When you're calling me, it's because something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I try to figure out why. Because the, some of these things that people call for, is it's a simple answer. I do the best that I can. I will bend over backwards to try to find, if not an answer for you, a direction to go. Yep. Do you ever have like somebody call about something obscure and you have to be like, hey, cough twice if you're in danger? I haven't had that. <laughs> somebody said somebody you took called. a pizza order. Yeah, or it took right? a pizza order. Somebody at work that, you know, instead of going, hey, you called the wrong number. Yeah. <laughs> they knew that that's what it was. That's yeah. crazy. I just want to commend you because I know you receive a lot of commendations where you work because you're just a stellar employee. Ugh. But um, 
But no, but you also the coolest. Yeah. Calmest. <laughs> Change it to calmest. Yeah, you already said it. But um but you're you're contributing just in what you do as a profession through this podcast and I'm hoping that others can listen to your cool and calm voice and um and you can help others through this podcast but i wanted to also recognize jess if you didn't notice early on her voice was kind of muffled the first couple episodes that we had recorded she was wearing a mask because jess so she's a student nurse at the moment it's so commendable that this is the profession you chose given your circumstances given that you were basically living in hospitals anyways. And one of the questions I had asked you early on, like, are you sure you want to do this? Because what if you end up in like a pediatric oncology unit? How are you Mm going to deal? So tell us about that. Like why? Yeah. Why did you, why did you choose this and how has it been going for you? Well, I would definitely say a lot of it had to do with the exposure before uh, my daughter was sick or before anything like that happened, to be honest, exposed to the whole medical profession was like zilch zero, except for being in the hospital to have my kids. And then that was it. I would say we really didn't, we don't have anybody really in the medical field. We don't have much exposure to that at all. So Mm -mm. I, it really wasn't an interest until um, she started to be in there. And I think also just having the exposure as a family member and really being able to empathize now with the other side of, you know, families that are coming in and really truly understanding like we had discussed before is like when you go in there and they start talking to you with these big words and you have no idea what the first word meant and they're already on the 10th word, you know, and you just feel like a dummy because you don't, you're not following, but you want to understand as much as yeah. you can. So you're not stopping them to say, hey, you lost me like two right, right. hundred words ago. Yeah. yeah. Understanding that aspect of it and truly understanding the needs of families and anybody else that's in the hospital, you know, was one. But I think, too, it would be nice if grief and losing my daughter was the only struggle that I was dealing with at that time. But at that same time, you know, I was also transitioning into single motherhood. I was also dealing with my own health issues. I was also dealing with lack of financial independence. I was also dealing with, you know, not having a college degree. So it was like all those things together was like, I need to get it together and I need to do something and I want it to be meaningful. And I also want to make sure that, you know, I'm going to be able to afford to take care of my son and myself and all these. So it was kind of like everything together that was just like on top of that. I can definitely also say that there was some real fears about my capacity to succeed. Mm -hmm. And once my daughter had passed, it kind of stripped some of those fears because it was more like, if I can survive this, Mm -hmm. what can't I survive? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want you to test that. No, 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 but, but how proud are we that she's learning? She's that she chose this as a profession. It's, it's remarkable. amazing. It's well, remarkable. And, and, and in class, it's not like she's like barely passing. No, she's yeah. top of her class. Yeah. She's like yes. beyond the other students. So, you know, and I'm telling my her, opportunity she needs to, to keep going. <laughs> she needs to keep going. I want a doctor in the family. Or get your doctorate. Oh, no. Um, it's on you, Jess. Come on. <laughs> the pressure to you to get the doctorate might be the same as me to have kids. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. No, but I think some of that motivation, too, was also not wanting to be in a position where I had no clue what was going on. You know what I mean? I didn't want my family to be in that position 
ever again where they said, hey, this is what's going on and this is what you have to do and this, 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 and and we're lost. You yeah. know, I wanted yeah. to be able to go, okay, I know what that means. So this oh, is, okay, this I know is what that her opportunity to outsmart the doctors. No, <laughs> not outsmart at all. Because <laughs> yeah. no. you know they are. The, the nurses don't. are both No judgy, no judgy, no judgy. <laughs> nurses are doing all the work. I'm just so inspired by you choosing this. It's because- a bit selfish though. I didn't want to feel that loss again and I didn't want that's else. but you're also providing patients with perspective your bedside manner is going to be completely different than someone that hasn't experienced this sort of life in a hospital so that's a complete benefit one and two like the the fact of the matter of us you specifically losing your daughter but also turning it around and going i can help somebody else through this is exactly. remarkable so my hat's off to you yes well, so proud of you put it back on. and <laughs> And I just want everybody who's listening to know that it doesn't become back to normal. It never comes goes back to normal. It becomes your new normal. You can keep taking steps because I can't even say forward because sometimes you're it's going. Just it's movement. just a movement. As yes. long as you're moving. Yes. And this didn't happen overnight where she just said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It took a while. You know, we go through counseling. You go through all these things. And then she decided, okay, I need to do something. She's ready. Yeah. yeah. You and have to be is hard, ready. Y'all. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's it hard. hard. But it, like you think, oh, they come and they bring blankets and they check to see how your day is. No. Uh-uh. Wait, what? Uh-uh. That's She's not all you do? No. <laughs> oh. No. I thought it was just a nice little it's rough cushion. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think my hat's off to the nurses that, that actually did well by us. And mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of nurses that we came in and. Social they knew workers. me, yeah. They didn't know my first name, but they were like, "Hi, Grandma," and because mm-hmm. they knew that I was, you know, her grandma. So, and very social, and they, I feel like they felt for her also, just like her oncology nurses. I know it hurt their heart. I know yeah. it did. Yeah. And I know that they've dealt with a lot of people that came in angry also, though, because right. I right, and we're her, only yeah. one family of so. So many. Yeah. Yeah. And I would kind of love to hear, I mean, for anybody who's listening to what has helped them, because we're still in a learning process, you know, and we could still be learning from other people who have, like, I would love to talk to somebody who's been through it at 20 years now, you know, post Mm -hmm. having their child pass away and seeing where they're at, because. Yes, most definitely. As soon as I can figure out the technology, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. But yes, I do want to hear from others. Because we're coming up on six years, right? We are coming up on six years. And where we are today, I could definitely say, is different than where we are. We were... I I would never have seen us here when she first even got diagnosed. It didn't even seem possible. No. did not. Not at all. That we would even be functioning. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. 100%. All right, guys, I think that's it for today. Thank you to our first responders, all of them, especially my two here through COVID. I know this is a crazy environment, and I'm hoping that because we're in this crazy environment that we can reach the masses in this manner and help you through your grief journey if this is helpful at all. Again, I want to have people on here and share their experiences too as soon as I can figure out the technology. But if you have ideas, go to our website, griefist.com, and send us a message on other things you want us to cover or whatnot, and we'll go through that. Anything else you guys want to say? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Mm. I'm just you. glad to spend time with my family. <laughs> Sounds like your daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll end it here.
we will continue our grief journey on the next one. Cool kid. Love you.